song service. I don't know if you felt it, man. It's until it's Wednesday, right? Come in, everybody's been working hard all week and kind of dragging a little bit, but the song service picked it all up. I feel good, amen. Still feel good, feel like I can preach now. We had a good song service. Appreciate the team up here, amen, giving their heart to that, amen. So if you get your Bible, Matthew 6 tonight. You may have heard this before. I may have used it in the past, but uh, someone tells of a woman who is uh, constantly worried about her house being burglarized. Constantly, she's always on her mind. Every day, she'd tell her husband, listen, uh, I feel our, hus- our house is going to get broken into. It's going to be burglarized. Somebody's going to break in. And, and day by day, she told him this for 10 years. And you know, after 10 years of hearing it, you know, just, uh, but every, anyway, every day for 10 years, she's telling her husband this. Finally, after 10 years, he's upstairs or in bed, and he hears something downstairs. Something's moving, something Sounds like something's down there, so he goes and investigates it. And sure enough, there's a burglar in there, and he stops me. He says, hey, 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 don't run, don't run, don't run. He goes, come here, come up to my room. I want my wife to meet you. She's been worried about you for 10 years. I'd like for her to finally see you. You know, a real burglar tonight can steal from you once. But how many knows worry can steal from you night after night for many years? Worry not only steals our sleep, but worry also steals our health and our ability to cope with life productively. Think about this lady. Every day her, she's tormented. She's uh, worried about her things. And, and uh, so worry steals from us every day. So with that in mind, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, Jesus said these words, I say to you, Do not worry about your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Is life not more than food, and the body more than clothing? Father, in Jesus' name tonight, I'm asking you to help us. God, minister a word in season tonight. Anoint it, God, I pray by the Holy Ghost. Uh, We need you tonight to speak to us, God. We need your confidence tonight, God, that you would move, and you are moving uh, in life for us. God, I pray, help every man, every woman here, every marriage, every family. God, help us to trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. So putting the end to worry, if you're taking notes, and I look at three things. Uh, look first the danger of worry. The word worry itself suggests trouble to the human mind. Worry means fret, stress, to overthink, to panic, uh, tension, nervousness, dread, anxious, and to agonize. So these words describe mental torment uh, and affliction upon the mind. Where somebody worries a lot, uh, they're tormented. I've met people like that that worry constantly, and there's a torment of minds like they can never uh, think right or be free to think. Uh, there's always something uh, uh, that, that's, that's got them tormented. Uh, that's the design of worry tonight. See, worry targets the mind. It magnifies every problem, makes mountains out of molehills. Uh, how many's had little things happen, but by the end of the day, it's a major thing. By the time your husband comes home uh, from work, this little thing is growing, uh, and you're tormented in mind, but that's the design of worry tonight. Worry is unhealthy to the body. Uh, doctors, say worry co- doctors say worry causes uh, ulcers, back pains, headaches, uh, and insomnia. The spirit of worry tonight, worry itself causes uh, your body 
uh, to be affected. So it's not just tormenting the mind, but it's making the body unhealthy tonight. And I know people that worry a lot, and it's like that they're constantly eating uh, Tums and Rolaids. they got ulcers, or they got headaches uh, all the time because they're worrying, they're tormented. Uh, how many of that's God hadn't designed us to live like that? The old English word for the word worry actually means to strangle or to choke. To strangle or to choke. So when somebody worries, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to chokehold or been strangled, but you can't breathe, you're gasping uh, uh, for any air. And that's what worry does tonight. Uh, when you're constantly worried, it's like uh, you're, you're being choked, at least spiritually anyway. We see this in 1 Kings 18. Elisha makes a stand for God against the prophets of Baal. God answers by fire. Elisha has a great victory. Not only did God answer by fire, but you know the story, God stops a three-year uh, drought. Uh, the heavens open up, water's poured out. So uh, imagine the joy in the camp. Imagine uh, the, the shout of the people. There's a testimony. Matter of fact, verse 39 says, Now all the people, when all the people saw it, they fell on their face and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. So this uh, miracle turned everybody to God. You know the story, man. They're trying to uh, figure out who's God. Is it Bell or is it the Lord? Uh, and Elijah brings them to Mount Carmel to make a decision. But God shows Himself powerfully here. The people respond to that. They bow down. Uh, he is God. But one chapter later, actually a few verses later, uh, chapter 19, 1 Kings, Jezebel gets involved, says a few things. Uh, Elijah's filled with terror and he's running for his life. Now think about this, this mighty man of God uh, who just challenged uh, 450 prophets of Baal, who just seen fire come from heaven, a sacrifice consumed, uh, the heavens open, rain poured out, a few words is said by Jezebel, terror grips his heart, uh, and now he's running for his life. That's a spirit of worry tonight. That's what's behind uh, worry. Matter of fact, verse 4 says this, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough now, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. See, worry is a strong spirit tonight. Uh, listen, worry is a strong spirit. This mighty man, Elisha, allows worry to take root in his mind uh, uh, and, and in a moment's time, and everything changes. I've seen this when something, when something happens in somebody's life, and worry takes root. Uh, they begin to worry. Uh, now they've got terror in their heart. They're terrified. Uh, life's going to fall apart. Wife's going to leave me. Husband's going to leave me. Uh, children are all going to be sick. Uh, and this terror begins to work. And they begin to make horrible decisions. Because this terror is working in their life. Uh, think about Elijah, the testimony of God that just that was just displayed. Uh, but now he's filled with terror. Uh, he panics. He runs. He's running for his life. He leaves his disciple behind, poor guy, uh, and he becomes full of self pity and requests for himself to die. He becomes suicidal. Uh, Take my life. I'm no better than my fathers. That all st starts from worry tonight. And when you worry tonight, listen, it's a strong spirit, uh, and it injects all these other uh, things uh, in our mind tonight to get us off track and off the will of God uh, and, and get us tormented with other things. In our text here, 
if you read it in context, Jesus is not suggesting that we dismiss all concerns. He's not uh, suggesting I don't ever uh, be concerned about anything. Just live life free. You know, if your rent ain't paid, don't worry about it. Car bill, you don't worry about it. He's not suggesting that. Amen. He's suggesting concern tonight. Uh, Amen. Be concerned, but he says don't worry. Uh, And there's a big difference between worry and concern tonight. The word concern uh, means to be interested, engaged, uh, and give attention to something. So when things happen in life, yes, we'd be concerned about it. Jesus said, don't worry about food, clothing, housing. Uh, yeah, we need, to, we need to be terrorized in our mind about that. We, that doesn't change it. Yes, we need to be concerned about that, though. That's why we get up and work every day so we can pay our mortgage. Amen. That's why we work every day so we can put gas in our car. Yes, we have to be concerned about things, uh, but there's a big difference between concern and worry tonight. Jesus is recognizing that there are problems in life. But in the same breath, he says, uh, don't worry about your life, what you shall eat, drink, clothes you shall wear, uh, or life in general. Be concerned. He said, but listen, don't let this stuff get in you and cause terror. Don't let this get in your mind and cause uh, you to terror, uh, because then you're going to make horrible decisions. I've seen people make horrible decisions uh, uh, because of these just common things in life. You know, the old British, in the British Museum in London, uh, there the old uh, mariners uh, chart, uh, the, the maps are drawn when they went out to sea, they, they would, I think what they called the cartographer. Uh, anyway, they would uh, they make these maps. In 1525, they uh, made this map of the ocean there. So, uh, when people would go across the ocean, they'd use these drawings. And, but it's very interesting, these uh, cartographers, if I say the name right, uh, 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 amen. So they, uh, they're getting their readings from people that have been on the sea, people have come back that ask them, hey, what's this east coast look like? What's the west coast look like? What's the so they draw this, these maps up. And so when everybody else would go out on the sea, they would know what to look for. There's landmarks there. Reefs are here, uh, different things, harbors are uh, there, so they would have some kind of idea what's going on, but there were certain notations on these maps, and under these notations it said, here be giants, here be fiery scorpions, uh, and here be dragons. So uh, so when people get these maps now, they're going along, they have some reference points now, they know, listen, uh, there's a harbor over here, but uh, here's some giants and bad things over here. You know, we like these cartographers of old. Uh, amen. There are many things that we do know about life. We have the testimonies of those that have went before us. Thank God for those that are older. Amen. You can learn from the aged. Uh, amen. What about this? What do you do when this happens in life? Uh, you can ask questions. Children, you can ask mom and dad questions. Uh, Parents, you can ask older people. People have been saved some time. You can ask questions. They can give you some good. They can give you some instructions that's worth hanging on to. But how many know there's areas in life uh, that are unknown? There's areas in life that we, we don't know, uh, and maybe other people have no idea. These are here be uh, scorpions, here be giants areas. And the devil loves to play in these areas. 
But you know who does know all these areas? Jesus. Jesus is never surprised. We may be surprised that here be giants. We've never faced this before. This is an uh, uh, area of our life we've never trafficked in. Uh, and, you know, the natural tendency is to worry and to be terrified. But listen, Jesus has been there. And he's the one in our text says, listen, don't worry about life. When you traffic into areas that you don't know, don't give yourself to worry because, listen, worry is a lying spirit. It's a deceiving spirit. Uh, and it fills your life with terror. And, you, and we're not designed that way. We're not designed to be uh, harbors of terror tonight. Look, secondly, things are not always as they seem. You ever worry about something that turned out to be nothing? I mean, you ever just, I mean, something ever get in your mind and you're terrified. You're worried. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, it, it, you know, that day comes and nothing happens. Remember when 2000, uh, all the computers were going to crash? How many members that? Uh, watch out, you know, 2000, all the computers were going to I remember people are losing their minds. Uh, and then, you know, 2000, nothing happened. 88 reasons, 85 reasons, Jesus should come back in 88, I forget. And people are losing their minds, Christians losing their mind. 88 come, and look, we're in 2020. <laughs> Things are not always as they appear. I was reading a story about two gas company servicemen. One's a senior trainer. Uh, he's trained a uh, young trainee. And, you know, they're just reading meters, and they're just alley in the, in the city. They're reading meters, and... And they get, they're going down, and this lady's watching them out her window. And they get to the last meter, which had to be her, happened to be her house, or reading it. Uh, so uh, anyway, the supervisor told the trainee, I bet I can beat you back to the, back to the truck, foot race. And this trainee goes, no, no, you're older. Uh, you're probably slower. There's no way you're going to be. So man, both of them man, begin to run, and they run as hard as they can. It's a long alley, and... And they almost made it back. They heard a third person <gasps> behind them huffing and puffing. They turn around. It's that lady. <laughs> they turn around. They go, what are you doing? And uh, she said, listen, uh, when I see two gas meter readers running for their life uh, and they read my meter, I just presume something's wrong. And I'm going to run with you. She said, I figured I better run too. <laughs> so things are not always as they appear to be. In our text, Jesus deliberately, or in Mark chapter 4, Jesus deliberately sends his disciples into a storm, verse 35. So on the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side, verse 37. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat and that it was already filling, verse 38. He was in the stern asleep on the pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? Uh, how is it that you have no faith? Listen, because of what they saw, the waves, because of what was coming into their lives, the water, uh, amen, their conclusion was, we're dying and Jesus doesn't care. We're dying, Jesus doesn't care. Matter of fact, he's asleep uh, on a pillow. But how many have been there? Something bad, something unexpected happened, uh, and all of a sudden our conclusion is God doesn't care. 
we're perishing, we're sinking, we're losing out, uh, we don't have what we want, uh, and it's God's fault. God doesn't care about us. God is not concerned. Uh, uh, so things aren't always as they appear. First Kings 19. Elijah, after he spent a night in the cave, you know the story, strong winds, rocks breaking in pieces, earthquake and a fire. Verse 12, Elisha hears God speak. See, these, these disciples, seeing Jesus uh, speak to the wind and waves, you get a revelation in verse 41. They said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, the truth is tonight, if we never went through anything, how will we know who he is? Because most of the time, that's when we pray, right? Most of the time, that's when we're found in the prayer room. Uh, when our rent ain't paid, uh, we're praying. Come on. When we ain't got no food, uh, you're praying. It's in these times, amen, where you get the revelation because uh, God always comes through. Uh, uh, and when God helps us, God gives us a break to these disciples. Uh, at one point, they're thinking God doesn't care about us, sends us into a, a storm, the, the wind, the waves. Uh, but when Jesus rose up and rebukes these things, uh, and now there's a great peace, they're going, hey, he does care about us. Psalms 23, David says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. See, it was in the valley where you can't see very well. How many of you ever walked valleys? I used to hunt a lot back in Kansas when I lived in the Midwest. And the thing about the valley, if you're between two hills, you really can't see anything. You can't see what's on top. And so in the valley, you're limited. Your sight is limited. And your shot better be good or you're going to miss your bird, whatever you're shooting at. But this is truth that David said, though I walked through the, the valley, the shadow of death. Uh, in the valley, he's not on the mountaintop where he's seeing everything clearly. He's not on top of the hill where you can see uh, what's, what's over the next hill and the next hill, but he's in the valley where things look scary, things look dark. Uh, and, but David said, in these times I fear no evil, for you are with me. In the valley he finds God. See, in the valley he got a clear revelation of who the shepherd is. God is the shepherd. You know, the shepherd provides food and shelter, the basic necessities. A shepherd protects against enemy attacks. A shepherd guides when we don't know the path. A shepherd gathers uh, when, we, uh, when we head the wrong direction. Uh, so David said, in the valley of the shadow of death, uh, I found out who the shepherd was. And many times we have to go through things in life to figure out who God really is. To see who God really is. To get convinced in our mind uh, that he really is the shepherd. Habakkuk 3.17 says it this way, Though the fig tree may not blossom, he's talking about life here, nor fruit be on the vine, though the labor and the olive may fail, and the field yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, there be no herd in the stalls. Verse 18, Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will join the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will... Make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me run uh, on high hill. In other words, he said, even though all life's falling apart, I've learned to trust God. Although all life doesn't make any sense, uh, I mean, doesn't look like we're going to get by, doesn't look like things are going to uh, be very positive here, but he said, I'm going to trust God. Why is that? Because there's testimonies now. 
He's able to look back. Uh, I've been through that. Oh, I remember that. I've seen that. Uh, it doesn't matter what happens in life. and I'm not giving my mind to worry. I'm going to believe God. See, circumstances do not define who God is. Let me say it again. Circumstances do not define who God is. Habakkuk says, though everything seems bad, I know that God's going to help me. I love to see men and women in the church, and they're going through difficult times. They're still faithful at church. That tells me they know something about God. When they're going through hard times, times doesn't make sense, uh, times where worry is trying to get in, they're faithful in prayer, they're loving God, they're giving, uh, they've got a revelation of who God is. Verse 25, for our text starts out with the words, therefore. In the previous verse, verse 24, Jesus said these words, No man can serve two masters, for they will hate the one, love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. This is right before our text. As Christians, God is our master. Can you say amen? And in Bible times, this meant something. In Bible times, the master of the house uh, had complete responsibility for the welfare of the servants. In other words, our care is completely in God's hands. As Christians, uh, we're in God's hands tonight. When we serve God and God alone, uh, amen, the master of the house uh, has responsibility to take care of the servants. So we're not to worry because our master owns everything. Uh, Psalms 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness. So instead of focusing on what we don't have, let's focus on the master's words here. God says, I own everything. I can open the windows of heaven at any time. As Habakkuk says, uh, although it may look bad today, tomorrow's a new day. Listen, when God's in control, there's control. Philippians 4.19, uh, Paul says, For my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and uh, glory in Christ Jesus. First Chronicles 19, David says, uh, You're the ruler of all things, and your hands are strength and power uh, to exalt and to give strength to all. Jesus isn't nervous tonight. When he said, Don't worry about life, don't worry about food, clothing, uh, he's, he said, I'm not stressing out here. I've got this under control. I'm your master tonight. You're my servants. Uh, I have responsibility of the household. Uh, don't worry. You know, Jesus illustrates his love and faithfulness in verse 26 of our text. Look what it says. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus said, listen, I take care of these little birds. Don't really mean anything in life. How much more valuable are you tonight? You know, when you go through something, you got to tell you, I'm valuable to God. God puts value on my life. I've told myself that in prayer many times. Uh, when I'm going through something, uh, when it doesn't seem like uh, others are valuing you. I mean, he's been there. But you say, you know, God, I know you value me. You put value upon my ministry, my life. Uh, I'm going to trust that. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Uh, all things will be given to you as well. There's truth there. When you and I begin to seek God first, uh, God says all things are going to be added to you. Look thirdly tonight, trusting God. You know, at the end of World War II, the Japanese government uh, 
faced a huge problem. The problem they faced, thousands of their soldiers were hiding in the jungles and mountains and caves uh, in the South Pacific. They, <coughs> excuse me, they made a treaty with America. Uh, we made a treaty where at peace again, but there's thousands, literally tens of thousands of Japanese soldiers that have, uh, you know, the propagandas went out. They believed that, listen, we should surrender to the, the Americans. They're going to torture us. They're going to uh, kill us and all these different things. So, so they're hiding in these caves. Uh, they wouldn't come out. They're hiding uh, in these mountains, and, and, and they would not come out, even though the people said, hey, the war's over. There's uh, no danger. Come out. They refused to come out. Finally, the emperor himself uh, had to uh, had had pre-recorded, uh, uh, you know, uh, going into the mountains and caves, uh, and they heard the emperor's voice. It kind of brought some ease and some smooth to, and and they begin to come out and and find out, hey, you know, the war is over. But one man in particular refused to come out of the cave. <coughs> refused to come out. Twenty-nine years he lived in this cave. And 29 years, uh, he refused to come out, even though many people had come by the cave and told them, listen, the war is over. We have a treaty with the Americans. They're not that bad. They're not what we heard they were. Uh, but nobody could get him out. Finally, March 1974, the Japanese soldier finally came out of hiding after 29 years uh, after war is over. When they asked him why he had remained in hiding so long, the warrior now in his 60s said... Uh, it had taken him that long to get over his fears. I've seen people in hiding because of fear. It's just what Jesus is talking about because of worry. Worry's got in their mind, uh, and now they have all this fear, uh, and they're hiding in different caves. They won't face people. They won't get in ministry. They won't uh, trust. They won't uh, because of a, these fears, uh, and that's demonic. You know, fear is the opposite of faith tonight. Worry will imprison your mind. Uh, worry will tell you that you can't trust God. Uh, he's not going to help you. Worry is a cruel dictator in the mind. And faith says, hey, trust God. In the winds and the storms of life, trust God. God cares about you. Uh, but here's the man for 29 years. Uh, when you believe what you're worrying about, listen, you're in a cave tonight. You're in terror. You're in torture. Uh, you're in torment in your mind when you... Uh, when you believe things you shouldn't believe. You know, worry is not just a trivial or, or a small thing tonight. To worry is to distrust God and His Word. People say, well, I'm worried about this, so why worry about it? Uh, you know, let's trust God here. Let's believe God because to worry is to distrust God. Jesus said, do not worry uh, Amen. When Jesus says don't do something, we don't do it, right? Because to do what he says not to do, uh, amen, is going against his word tonight. Somewhere we have to make a decision, I'm going to believe God. Whether if it's money, or the husband or wife, or our children, our ministry, somewhere we have to make a decision, I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to worry, stress out, uh, not going to be, I'm not going to live life like I'm going to trust God. Philippians 4.11, Paul says these. Listen to these words here. I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance. I know, how to be, I know how to be in need. I know how to have plenty. 
I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. How many of we've all been in plenty and in want before, right? How many's lived in a nice house? And how many's lived in the bug house? <laughs> Come on. We lived in houses before, man. We take pictures of it. We don't ever want to go back. Paul says, it doesn't matter what circumstance I'm in, I've learned to believe God. Whether I'm doing well or whether I have little, whether my ministry's on high or low, uh, I've learned to believe God and be content. You know, there's a peace when you're content. I read about a young pilot. It says he had passed a point of no return when the weather changed uh, for worse. Visibly, or visibly, he was only able to see feet because of the fog that just descended. And he's a young pilot, so he hasn't had a lot of experience flying through fog and especially landing. Uh, and he's going to land at the Chicago airport's heavy fog. Uh, and this young pilot begins to flip out. Uh, he's panicking, but he, as I'm reading the story, he said, but one thing he kept uh, repeating over and over in his mind, his instructor uh, made him memorize the uh, uh, the panel board of the uh, what, uh, of the instrument board in the cockpit. Uh, trust the instruments; they're not going to lie to you. Trust them uh, because we're so visual sometimes. Uh, Want to be able to see where we're going to land, uh, but uh, this situation he's not as fog is so heavy. You have to trust the instruments. And the story goes: I'm reading it; it's kind of intense as you're reading it. Uh, but finally, he's getting these instructions from the. Uh, uh, you know, the tower, and he's, he's reading his instrument. All of a sudden, he lands, uh, and lands perfect. So the truth is, that we can trust God's Word. Amen. Here's our instrument panel tonight. That's why we read it, memorize it, learn it, because when life is shaky, the instrument panel never lies. When the fog is heavy, we can always trust God. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit guides us through the maze uh, of life and uh, amen when things are, are kind of difficult, right? How many there been in prayer in difficult times? And the Spirit of God just speaks something to you. The Spirit of God speaks something to you and it's just like brings a joy, brings a peace, brings some understanding uh, and you're like, wow! How many's been there? I mean, it's like everything should be, you know, you should be uh, flipping out, going crazy, but the Spirit of God says something to you and everything's calm now. Last story, I was reading an article from John Hopkins University. Doctors say, we do not know why it is that uh, people that worry die sooner than non-warriors. But we do know that is a fact. It goes on to say, but I, who am simple of mind, think I know we're inwardly constructed in nerves and tissues, brain cells and, and soul for faith and not for fear. God has made us that way. To live by worry is to live against reality. Proven fact, uh, those who worry die sooner. You know, again, because of the terror. It's the breakdown of the tissues, breakdown of, of just the way God made us. So Jesus said, don't worry, uh, amen, about your life, what you're going to put on, what you're going to add to it, uh, because God wants you to live long life. Uh, 
and enjoy life. I mean, it's not going to change anything if you're worried about it all day anyway. I mean, you just kind of live in terror, you're angry, you're upset, you're, uh, all that goes along with worry. So we have to make a decision. Are we going to trust God? We're going to worry about life. Maybe you're facing something right now. Maybe it's a storm right now, and Jesus simply speaks in your ear and I says, don't worry about that. Maybe you're going through a financial problem tonight. Maybe it could be a number of things. Uh, Jesus said, don't worry about this. Let's bow our heads tonight. I give your head, bow every eye closed.